on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans are losing to good teams. What do they need to do to make an upgrade? The Saints didn't make the playoffs, and it turns out that was kind of a gift. We've got everybody getting carjacked in New Orleans. We've got January 6th lost and found. You're going to want to stick around right here, Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Polk and Kush. That's right, everybody, your favorite program. It is Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. We are coming at you live on tape from the wonderful, wonderful Bud Light Lime Studios here in the city of New Orleans. I am Scott Kusher alongside Mr. Andrew Polk. Your favorite program. Yes. If you were like, man, things are so good in New Orleans, I want to listen to two guys talk about it. This is the place to come. Is anyone else talking about the city? <laughs> no, right? I don't think so. Are there other podcasts? I'm not aware of any. Never heard of a podcast. Every time I listen to a New Orleans-ish podcast, it just sounds like some guy's in his bathtub. <laughs> Like recording himself with a Boost Mobile phone. I know we've had our technical issues here and there, but, you know, this is probably the best quality of uh, audio to experience people complaining about a crime (laughs) and other such. When they invented the podcast format, they're like, how can we get two white guys in their 30s to complain about crime? I don't always identify as white, <laughs> so I may have to edit that out. You know, it's and 20 or guy. It's yeah. 2020. You can do whatever you want to. Yeah. I'm, 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 sometimes I'm not white, sometimes I'm not a guy. So, you know, it you depends, pick and choose. It depends on the situation. Exactly. If I am <laughs> at if I'm at a restaurant and somebody's in the men's room, maybe I don't feel like being a man today. That's a valid point. If I'm getting pulled over by the police, <laughs> I'm feeling a little whiter than usual. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend? Uh, I was parenting. Uh, I watched a lot of basketball. I went to uh, both the Tulane and UNO basketball games on Saturday. Whoa. That was thrilling. Uh, the doubleheader. One game was at one and one game was at four. And in that included the UNO women's game. I caught the last five minutes of that. So I saw a ton of basketball that no one else saw. Uh, And it was very fun. I highly suggest anybody, if you're looking for something to do, man, it's cheap as hell. It's easy to get in and it's easy to get out. You could buy beer for nothing. And, uh, yeah, they're both pretty good. Tulane and UNO are both pretty solid teams. Are you gambling on these games? Of course. Yeah? I mean, of course. Is that why they are more interesting than... (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I would say they'd be interesting anyway, because I like college basketball. 
But yeah, gambling on it helps. I live bet against Tulane in the middle of the game. They went up by like eight points, and I was like, I've seen this shit before. And I immediately texted the guy who places bets for me and said, uh, hey, let's live bet on SMU right now. And we did. And SMU won because that's what happens in the world. So this it, is a key point to the story that I think we've been leaving out. <laughs> that I'm gambling. You're just not going and having a jolly old time letting your kids run around like maniacs. You're also <laughs> gambling. It's a good combination. Your kids running like maniacs and gambling. It's yeah. fun for the whole family. They can't do that at a casino. Oh, no, exactly. Remember they used to have the arcades at those golf casinos? Yeah, I uh, I got thrown in those all the time. Ooh, that was like Lord of the Flies type stuff in that place. Anytime I was in Vegas, I got thrown into the arcade. <sighs> I was on a Disney cruise ship. Oh, where they no. didn't really. You're in international waters. There's no law. <laughs> I remember at one point I snuck out of the arcade and actually started gambling, even though I was like seven. <laughs> you could just pull up to a slot machine. Nobody will do anything. You had money? Oh, I guess you had money for the arcade. Absolutely, I did. Oh, my God. six-player X-Men turned into, <laughs> you know, $30 on roulette for old Pokemon. I would have loved when you wanted to cash the ticket. That would have been great. What did you do this weekend? Uh, I, uh, went and I saw a very good movie, uh, Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, you should go see it. It's like limited release. It's at the broad right now. It's also at, uh, Canal Place. Yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. It felt like the first real movie I've seen in years. Interesting. Amazing soundtrack. I like Paul Thomas Anderson as sure. a director. He's Ace and Confused guy, right? No. 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 That movie looks so much like Days and Confused, I just assumed that was it. No. Is he Boogie Nights? He's Boogie Nights. Okay. He's Inherent Vice. He's okay. uh, Punch Drunk Love, No Country for... Or not, uh, sorry, uh, There Will Be Blood. Okay. Those are good movies. Yeah, they're good movies. He's all over the place. Go check it out. You know, I, everything is superheroes and wizards and goblins. Fair. And all this stuff. This was like a real adult movie. It was fun. It was feel good. It had a great soundtrack. Despite having the Doors, <laughs> my least <laughs> not, favorite not band. band. They had the Doors' best song, to be fair. Uh, I have a thing right now where I'm a little annoyed by how many movies take place between like 1960 and 1988. Yeah. It's like every movie, they just have to put it back in time because if any movie was modern day, the entire movie would just be people looking at Instagram and texting each other. Yeah. That, that nothing would actually happen. It all seems unrealistic that things would have occurred. Yeah, I think that's why every horror movie now occurs in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and they <laughs> always make a point to be like, we don't have, our phones don't work out here. Where are you? Your phones work everywhere. Everywhere, yes. Uh, I just feel like, Every movie takes place in some of that that era of yeah. like between the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and not really. I guess there's a little early 90s, but then that's pretty much it. It has to be because no one talks about anything anymore. No. You're like, oh, did you see the thing on uh, Facebook that your uncle posted? Yeah. Exactly. That'd be the whole movie. No right? one has anything to say anymore. It's just, oh, did you see that thing that's horrible? Yeah, I saw it on TikTok. All right. I can't even like think of the last like comedy movie that everybody I know kind of saw. Like, I, do they still exist? I can think of one, uh, Bridesmaids. I think that was that's like ten years ago. Yeah, it was like twenty eleven. Yeah, I think that's the last one. That maybe, is crazy. Maybe Bad Moms. I might be. <laughs> I'm a bad mom's 
uh, Stan. I think Bad Moms is a very funny movie. Most I think it was just, filmed here, wasn't it? I don't know. I think so. I, that's Mila Kunis? Yeah, it okay. does. Yeah. You saw her at the grocery store and followed her around for a little while? <laughs> I think it was one of those movies they filmed at New Orleans, but because they wanted to be like, oh, this is a place where real people live, they like said it was Chicago. Oh, yeah. But you could tell it was in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, man, it's th- that was a long time ago. Like, It really is a thing where there was always at least one comedy movie every year, and for a while it was all those Apatow movies, right? It was like... yeah. He was turning them out. I feel like those are gone. And now I can't remember the last time I saw like a big comedy movie that everyone I knew also had seen. Yeah, I, I'm really drawing a blank. Uh, the New yeah. Guys was like a good comedy, but not a lot of people saw that. No. Beyond that, you know, everybody wants to be smart now. Everybody's depressed. There's no just goofy <laughs> son of a bitch. You know, there's no Will Ferrell. There's no... no. Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd did the most depressing show of all time. Yeah. That show on Apple TV about the psychiatrist fucking with the guy. And now if you want to see Paul Rudd, you've got to go see Ant-Man. <laughs> all these people are just in superhero movies now. Will Ferrell's probably going to be the Riddler in the new Batman movie. <laughs> I uh, I mean, not to get too deep into movies. It is interesting. I never really thought about that. It's like, yeah, the comedy movie doesn't really... Maybe they're all on Netflix or Hulu. Or, they're not. Yeah, I don't know. The Adam Sandler movies are on there. Hubie, Hubie, Halloween, <laughs> Hubie Halloween was the last that's great the big comedy. One. That's, that's, Is that's that a, the last good one? That's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, dude, what a scene. Well, that's good to know that Licorice Pizza is good. Uh, I will have to go try to find some, carve out some time to see that. I, see a movie I, by I, yourself? I told you, I saw House of Gucci. It was fantastic by myself. <laughs> also, it took place in the 60s and 70s um, and 80s. So... In between uh, us each watching an individual movie alone, uh, we <laughs> did manage to watch a little bit of basketball, and what a pick-me-up that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans went on an East Coast swing. Uh, they will conclude it in New York, I believe, Thursday night. Uh, in the meantime, they lost to Brooklyn by 100, and they lost to Boston by a little less than 100, and it kind of exposed who this team is, right? Yeah, it did. And I, uh, before we get too into it, I love the 11.30 a.m. game. Oh, that was amazing. I had the little picture-in-picture up at work, (laughs) headphones in. Let's do this on more weekdays. Yes. Can we please? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, every NBA team should be required to play one weekday home game like during the afternoon yeah one per season i'm not asking a lot but i think if you just had one per season it would be great you could bring kids uh you could have schools go you could do it instead like every single pelicans game starts at seven all of them yeah and it's like i don't like i'm not gonna bring my kids to a seven o'clock game they're gonna want to they're gonna be maniacs by 8 30 Seven games is a pain in the ass if you get off work at five. That's true, too. It's like that right in between. Do I just go to the game in my work clothes? Yeah. Just feeling like I'm still at work, kind of? Yeah. Do I rush home driving through Mad Max Mario Kart (laughs) to throw on my Zion jersey? Put tape over his name and write someone of, else's name. Of course. And then drive back. That's too. It's not enough time. The games either need to be later or earlier. Yeah. So I do like 11, 
what was eleven thirty on a Wednesday or a, sorry a Monday uh, was fantastic. I really now I don't have uh, you know a serious job mm-hmm. with serious life implications, so that made it easier uh, to where I could just flip it on. Also, it was a holiday; it was Martin Luther King Day, so my kids were off of school, so we all kind of hung around the house. I had it on in the background, uh, and the Pelicans looked good for what did you say half. Yeah, less than a half. It was it was, it was half, I would yeah. say. And they looked good. They were playing good defense. And then it was like, oh, yeah, this team has Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and this other team doesn't. And that was pretty much enough to explain it the exact same way uh, two nights before that. One team had Kevin Durant and James Harden. The other team didn't. And this is kind of exposing what we've said now for a little while, which is this team is very predictable and what they will be. And when you play really good teams, they simply do not have the talent to match up. Yeah, and the Boston game was a very good example of Brandon Ingram can't play at the all-star Brandon Ingram level back-to-back nights. Yeah. Uh, as you know, this team is paper thin. They yeah. got nobody on the bench. And you saw it. You saw Valanchunas and you saw Ingram struggling there, particularly in the second half to keep up. Yeah. And when the shots aren't falling for them, is there anyone else in this team that can even step foot in the perimeter? It does not (laughs) appear to be. The guards are god-awful. Just very bad. Very bad. Devontae Graham had like a a week where he looked pretty good. So I was like, oh, maybe. No. And I think he'd be fine as a sixth man, which is probably what they initially thought he would be. Uh, he is not good enough to be on the ball as often as he is. The guards suck, and they get exposed against every good team they play. And again, you can't like fault them. Like I don't, you can't be mad at the Pelicans. Like they're playing hard. They played their, you know, they, they they're doing their best. They don't quit. Like it's not a coaching problem. I don't think they literally just don't have enough good guards to compete against good teams. So they beat every single bad team on the schedule and they lose to every good team. And the Celtics were like the perfect example of like the barometer of where it is. And you're trying to figure out if that's a good team or a bad team. If that's considered a good team, I think the Celtics were 500. That's a problem, right? Like that's, if that's too much for you, uh, then that means you're really only going to be beating the bottom 10 teams and any team that has like a massive COVID problem, which is what they've essentially done for the last six weeks. Yeah, and uh, Will Guillory tweeted this earlier today. Devontae Graham has 80 points in the paint through 41 games. I mean, it's horrible. Kyra Lewis had 84 points in 24 games. And he played like 10 minutes a night. Yeah. Like he was hardly playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great stat, and it, it is true when you watch him play. You're like, every time he puts the ball on the ground and goes toward the basket, you just assume it's not going to go. Right. The same way we used to feel about Lonzo, except he's way worse at it than Lonzo was. I'm I'm feeling that way about Nikhil, too. Like, there were some shots oh, against uh, New Jersey that were just like... New Jersey? It was like Spice Ad, Brooklyn. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. The throwback. Draws and Benjamin the Nets that are New Jersey for as long as I live, and Washington is the Bullets. <laughs> that was dickish. Uh, Oklahoma is still in there. Seattle. <laughs> the, the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, wait, that's the what New works. Orleans. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, your your point is 100% correct there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is, what are you going to do? 
that that's really it boils down to like if they kind of expected Nikhil to be the guy, right? Right. They went into the season, they struck out on Chris Paul, they struck out on Kyle Lowry, which were in hindsight fanciful Disney World level imaginations to think those guys were going to come here. And then instead you end up where it's like banking on Nikhil and it's backfired in the worst possible way. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like Spice Adams. Out there. <laughs> he has no conscience. I think he needs to speak to his fellow draftmate Jackson Hayes about posting stuff on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And they should have like some kind of competition <laughs> where they also post the horrific misses. <laughs> That whoever whoever does worse out of the two of them has to post the lowlights on their Instagram. That'd be great. That could be a motivator because they don't want you know. There's like hot naked chicks on of there course, DMing yes. them constantly. Yes. They don't want them to see Nikhil hitting the ball boy. <laughs> they don't want to see Jackson slipping on a banana peel. He does that thing where he'll like spin around two guys and he's totally out of control and then it'll just turn to some fadeaway mid-range jumper and you're like, that can't have been the worst shot available, the best shot available. Like it's just impossible to think that you thought anywhere in the recesses of your brain that that was a good shot. And really, I, I think he's, if you were to, you know, really do a full dissection of where the team is right now, uh, I think he probably carries the most blame for them not being more successful other of course than the zion williamson injury but if you're talking about just pure performance i think they were really counting on him having a much better season and now it's pretty obvious he's just not going to be that guy do you think the pelicans are going to make a move for a guard they have to right if they give a shit at all about the season they have to right they seem to give a shit about the season now. It, Willie Green gives a shit about the season. definitely. And I think as a show of good faith to Willie, to the team, they're going to have to. I don't think these guys will continue to play as hard in the last, however, what are there, 39 games left? Like, you can't keep getting this effort every night if this continues to be your backcourt every time you play a decent team. Like, you have to go. If you have the opportunity to go get a guy, and like, De'Aaron Fox, C.J. McCollum, Evan Fournier, uh, who is Norm Powell. Those guys aren't just like one-year rentals that, you know, you're mortgaging the future and not getting anything back. Like, some of those guys are on pretty long contracts. They could be part of the thing, and, and it hurts because you're not going to see them next to Zion, and you still don't know what this team looks like with Zion, but it does feel like they have to make a move or they're going to lose this team at some point. Yeah, and the move is going to be the way to go since we don't know if Zion is going to be with this team. I mean, I think we know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you you should probably build for what you're looking at on the court right now. Right. Right. And, and, and if you're going to eventually move on from Zion, which I think we're all under the impression Maybe we're just skeptical people and uh, have a bad attitude toward things. But if you're going to eventually move on from it probably means you're going to end up with a whole bunch of draft picks at the end of the day. And in that circumstance, you would uh, be okay trading some future picks to go actually get a guy with a pulse to play guard. Well, building the team currently around the team that is actually on the court. Yeah. 
doesn't necessarily leave Zion out of the long-term picture. But, you know, Zion comes back. He has proven himself to be injury-prone thus far. Yes. So it's a, a bit of a safety net, too, for when and if this happens again next season for, yeah. you know, a couple weeks or months or the whole season. Regardless of what happens with Zion, though, and I think this is the part that you can sort of believe in, right? No matter what happens with Zion, you have to get better guards. Like, even if he was there and playing, Devontae Graham is not good enough or should not be a starting guard on a really good team. He can't. He stinks. He's not, like, the worst player I've ever seen or anything like that, but, like, he's not reliable, and he's be, he'd be fine as a bench player. I think he'd be actually a really good sixth man, but, like, he's not good enough. And Nikhil should not have to play much at all. And Garrett Temple should never be playing 20 Nikhil minutes Nikhil won't be on the team in this new guard That's probably <laughs> true. That's probably true. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think they will do something, assuming that a team like Portland, a team like Toronto, whatever, is willing to shake it up and make a big trade for their future rather than their present. And I think the Pelicans need to continue to push for their present, which is weird to say for a team that's, what, 12th place right now in the West? Yeah, but it just seems that the attitude towards the team has gotten better. Uh, people seem to be watching the games a lot more. There's definitely more talk on Twitter about it. And it's, as we've said a million times, it's going in the right direction and it's more positive. So going for that guard is going to be really the, the only chance they have for that 10 seed. Yeah. And it's something that the, the fan base needs right now. Yeah. It's something that the team needs to keep going. And, uh, and it makes sense for the future. Right. Like, you need, they need a guard. So, I mean, I guess, Mike, like, what do you give up, though? Are you cool giving up two first-round picks to go get a guard for right now? Well, considering the first-round picks... Uh, <laughs> That we've gotten pretty recently. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> you don't think I don't even draft again? I remember there was this battle chest of picks, you know, two years ago. I don't even know where those lie anymore. I don't know what we still have. Give it up. Who gives a shit? Yeah, go uh, for something proven. Yeah, for this team, go for something proven. We're not a developing team. <laughs> the worst this is this is like the uh, college team that just takes on uh all the transfers right yeah. like this is <laughs> we're we're hard knocks you we're just building a, a team of, of of transfers we gotta go get a guard make him be mediocre <laughs> and then when he leaves and goes to the knicks he'll be an all-star it's the pelicans way uh the there really is a you look at the draft history right now, the only good draft pick, like objectively good draft pick, is Herb Jones, who they, I mean, they've done, you could trade 100 first round picks, it wouldn't matter. Like Herb Jones, they got what, 42, 44? I don't know what number he was, in the middle of the second round. Like that wasn't exactly like a high level draft pick. The other ones that they've drafted under Griff are Zion. I mean, he's obviously great, but that was pretty easy uh, selection. Nikhil, Jackson Hayes, Kyra Lewis, Trey Murphy. Kyra Lewis is buried on the bench. Jackson Hayes is buried on the bench. Trey Murphy is buried on the bench currently. Nikhil sucks. I mean, trade the pick. Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 go get someone who you know. You're a gambling man, but I don't think we roll the dice on this one. <laughs> I mean, go get a proven 
player. What's interesting about that, though, right, is like we all killed Dell for the exact same thing, <laughs> right? Like we literally we killed Dell because he would just go get proven guys and give up his first round picks. You know, it's a different <laughs> landscape. <laughs> I guess Dell didn't like we know botch Gr- five in a row. Well, we know Griff's not going to be here in a season. There was yeah. there was always lingering doom of Dell. Yeah, so, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, yeah, it's also the difference of, I don't know what the difference is. I guess it's just longer that Dell was doing it, and he just kept giving up, like, multiple picks. It was the, giving up picks for guys like Omer Oshik, and that that was bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, what Dell did, I mean, I, I don't think it helped them ultimately. Uh, because they never had, they were kind of always playing on the margins, and they screwed up enough in free agency that they didn't get the guys. But like picking in the draft is not helping this team at all right now. Yeah, I mean the guys that Dimps got were the problem more so than what was given up to get them. Yeah, you like know. do you think they would have made great picks at thirteen and fifteen or whatever? The hell? And that's where this team's going to end up, right? right? They're going to be like the eleventh pick, and it's like, well, what good does that do? Or they make the playoffs and the pick goes to memphis anyway so whatever uh yeah it turns out so you mentioned the war chest there i believe the only picks from other teams they have left are one lakers pick in 2025 or six and then two bucks picks which are like 25 and 27 so they're pretty far out there i can't imagine they're going to be great picks anyway Um, as long as Giannis or Drew, whoever's still around, and uh, you know, and that AD's still in LA, I don't think this will be great picks, or certainly not. I don't think they'll be like top three picks, which is the only way I expect to get a great player in the draft now. And it, I, it's it's a hard spot, but I think it's time to strike. I think it makes a lot of sense in the move. Yeah, and I'm not gonna be alive to see those picks, so <laughs> let's do it now. I love well, to hear. Get something out of it. Absolutely. On that note, we will take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll touch on uh, the Saints and some NFL playoff stuff. Of course, we got a whole bunch of news that happened in the city this week. Also, the worst of the week. Please stick around. We'll be right back. Hail on oh everybody your favorite bar my favorite bar everybody's favorite bar who listens to poke and gush and resides in this wonderful city of new orleans there is no finer place to grab a beer grab a cocktail grab a meal than ale on oak the finest patio in all of uptown 30 beers on draft a lovely menu full of delectable food uh, you try to find me a better place to spend an evening than Ale on Oak, and I will call you, sir, a liar. Ale on Oak, unaffected by supply chains. They've got a full <laughs> bar. They've got whatever your favorite drink is. You know, some of these places you go in and you're like, I'll have a Bud Light. And they're like, we haven't had Bud Light in <laughs> a dog's age. Not at Ale on Oak. They've got tons of Bud Light. They also have uh, employees, uh-huh, that's which is nice. an interesting development here in New Orleans. And they have friendly employees. They're nice to you. Isn't that nice? <laughs> they uh, <laughs> look at you. They take your order. They're friendly. Tip them well. They're good people. Ale on Oak, big spacious patio. And they show all the local sports. 
they are one of the very, very few that when you walk into the bar and the Pelicans are playing, you will know the Pelicans will be on TV there. Uh, I put up a, a post during the NFL playoffs was when the uh, Pelicans were playing against the Nets. And I was like, hey, if you know of any bar that's showing the game, uh, drop the mention here. I think there was like two, and one of them was Ale on Oak, which gave me the channel number on DirecTV because they know that the game is on. They know when the games are on. If you care at all about your local teams here, know that they will be on there. LSU basketball having a good season. Tulane basketball having a good season. Of course, the Pelicans are being the Pelicans, and you can just go there and know with comfort and grace and style and dignity and class and you're going to feel good it's going to be a great time and just you can, go to hell you can go this weekend and you can see new orleans favorite professional football team the cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> as they take on tennessee they're going yes. to show all the nfl playoff games you're gambling or you just love football it's a great place to go see them take the family get a burger have a Bud Light. Yeah, they've got the heat lamps up there, so it'll be nice and toasty underneath that while you sit uptown. I, I just can't say it enough. Go to Ale on Oak, say hello to Pat and the fellas, and draw, sell that you listen to Poke and Kush, and they might uh, throw you, what, 50, 70 beers for free? Probably along those lines. <laughs> yeah, something try. Can't hurt. I mean, nothing good has ever been gotten without asking. A $2,000 gift card. I listen to Polk and Kush, and I want 100 free beers. They might tell you no. Yeah, I mean, the odds are against you, but, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, That's right. That's a sponsor, Ale on Oak. Uh, Playoffs, did you watch any of the playoffs? Yeah, I I did. It sucked, huh? I uh, gambled on every single game. How'd that go? Uh, my Saturday through Sunday, or sorry, my Sunday through Monday, cha-ching. Yeah? Saturday, a dud. But really? No. It uh, didn't really make anything interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the only good game of the weekend was the Cowboys 49ers. I actually missed the Bengals game completely because I was watching all of the college basketball. I heard that game was pretty good, right? It was, uh, yeah. Um, I... I was screaming at anybody to score four points. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't care who. They were all clowns to me. That one, I was, I was solely in that one for the game. You know, Joey B, whatever. Yeah. I was, I was a gambler watching that game. It's it a good was, feeling. It was helpless. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a helpless feeling right yeah. there, friend. Uh, uh, it was it was moderately interesting. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys 49ers game was what everybody sees out of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a huge Cowboy hater. Like, I don't. I just don't see the point. Yeah. Everybody, like, has a whole thing. I'm like, gives a crap. Yeah. Like, they haven't. They're not great. There's a lot of Cowboys fans. Okay. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like. There's a lot of everybody. They wear a lot of denim shorts. (laughs) That's fine. I just have no, I I have no ill will. I don't like them. They wear a lot of the Monarchs, the Nike Monarch shoes with denim shorts. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of fights apparently at the game. That's exciting. Yeah. They work on the tugboats. That's fine. Did you see the video of them opening the stadium like to go into the game? Like, I guess it was two hours before kickoff. They opened the stadium and everyone was like standing out there and like running, like 
running to go get their place to stand to watch the game that started two hours from then. And that was the least I've ever identified with humans in my life. Did they think there were like COVID tests in there or something? <laughs> I think they're giving away, uh, you know, million dollar checks. I don't get it. Like, dude, these guys were running over each other. It was like Pamplona just running over each other to go stand in a place. And that's like the two- party zone, right? Where yeah. there's no chairs and you just stand there and watch your TV like you could do at home. Yeah. But it was two hours before kickoff. So I was like, these guys are going to go stand in their place for two hours and then go watch a three and a half hour football game. I bet there's like one bathroom in the party zone, too. (laughs) So you're drinking like $17 tequizas or whatever they have there. I mean, do you get your spot back when you walk away? Like, are people going to let you through? That seems ludicrous. Maybe it's like uh, neutral ground Mardi Gras and you just spray paint a circle. (laughs) This is my land now. This is Chad's. <laughs> there were probably a few Chad's there. Uh, yeah, dude, I've just like never identified with anyone in the human race less than. I mean, I'm, there was a thousand plus people doing it, like sprinting two hours for a game. Like I, I don't like going to a Saints game eleven minutes before the Saints game starts. Yeah, and I have a, a lovely seat that I can you know get up and move around. It's like. Man, you, that, this is nuts. You guys are out of control. Uh, it did make me uh, thankful, I guess is the word, that I did not have to watch the Saints this weekend. That you didn't see the end of Ian Book's life? <laughs> I mean... Getting torn in half by Aaron Donald. The Not Another Teen movie, just high-low, and his oh, torso yeah. just rips from his body. Uh, dude, that would have been awful to watch the Saints this weekend. I am... Um, I th- I said before I thought the Saints would have been the worst team in the playoffs. I no longer think that. No, no. <laughs> a lot of those teams were equally as bad. Yes. But I it would have been the same result. I think it would have better, been a better game than them playing the Cardinals. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, it's insane to think the Eagles kicked the crap out of the Saints and the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice. And, and meanwhile, Tampa just... Absolutely annihilated Philadelphia. The Cardinals uh, were annihilated by the Rams. The games were terrible. And the Saints, if the Saints would have gotten in instead of the 49ers, what a crime against humanity that would have been. (laughs) I mean, just an absolute crime. Well, that could have been the thing that sent Garoppolo to New Orleans. (laughs) I mean, if Trevor Simeon was out there playing in a playoff game, it just would, would have been so bad. I'm really like... The more and more I thought about it this weekend, I was like, that was what happened in that day was the best case scenario. That would have been like when Southern Miss was playing without a quarterback this year. <laughs> like they would have just run it like that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what they would have done, but I know it would have been ugly. I don't know if it would have been any uglier than what we saw. Uh, so it was three out of six blowouts, or was it four out of six blowouts? I think it was four. Yeah, basically every game, but the Cincinnati, I mean, the New England Buffalo game was a joke. That was like 47 to 7 or something. It was, and it sucked. And, you, and NFL playoff weekends are such a, uh, a thing you just sort of plan your day around. Not necessarily plan, but like when it's on, you are going to watch it. Like if you're home and it's on, and really if you're anywhere and it, there's a TV, it'll be on for the games to all be basically objectively bad, except for one. Uh, just is such a bummer. 
Yeah, these games were very much watchable via a sports app on your phone where you just get the ding whenever (laughs) your bet is losing. Uh, So did you end it up profitable, though, for the week? Made some cash. There we go. I don't know if I should say that on here. Our fans, they could come break into the Bud Light Lime studio and steal my $34. (laughs) It's going to be... You got to be careful, man. They already took your tires. Uh, Anything's possible, but... I mean, I'm excited for next weekend, I suppose. Uh, The Saints, uh, the only real thing I thought that was interesting that came out of this week uh, was Nick Underhill put together a little video that basically said the Saints can save $80 million in cap space by simply, like, renaming the bonuses. So instead of, like, a roster bonus, they called a signing bonus, and they're all due to them, but if they just change the nomenclature on it, essentially, and just pay it a different schedule... They save $80 million. That's what uh, Enron did, <laughs> if I remember correctly. This is Moneyball, right? This is just the movie Moneyball, I think. I never saw it. Not, <laughs> it was exactly like that, <laughs> yes. Uh, J- Jonah Hill is just playing the role of Nick Underhill. Uh, dude, the, the, cap, NF- the cap's not real. The NFL salary cap's ridiculous. I don't even... I, no one... I don't know what it means. Right? Who cares? What does it even mean? They're changing the name of a bonus, and then it like you save $80 million? Well, I would think that we could have kept all the bonuses named the same this year and didn't have to give any out. <laughs> no. uh, don't need to erase any of those <laughs> names. So Fucking Saul Goodman... <laughs> Changing the contract. <laughs> the only, uh, you know, la- last year obviously hurt them with the cap. They lost Trey Hendrickson. And I'm trying to think. There's a couple other guys who, who left that were cap- Eli Apple. Yeah, cap casualties. <laughs> uh, Who's great on the Bengals now. Yeah, so was Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> and, you know, you, you lost a couple guys mostly because of cap stuff. Uh, but most years it doesn't matter. And I guess this year it won't matter either. So, I mean, what the hell do I know? We'll see what the Saints do. They need a lot of different players on offense, especially. Uh, and they're going to be older on defense, so we'll see how that works. But it seems the cap stuff is overblown, which I think we've all known for a while. I was just shocked to hear a number that large that is that easy. Like, they don't even have to, like, drive a hard bargain on guys. It is literally just changing the name of some stuff, and then you save that kind of money in all these guys on twitter who think they know the nfl salary cap lose their minds like how can the saints afford to do anything they have to cut everybody it's like no they don't have to do anything wheeling and dealing yeah so congratulations mickey and the boys uh that takes us into a little local nola roundup times are good in new orleans In New Orleans East specifically, thousands of illegally dumped tires have been removed. We should have gone over there and branded each and every one of those. I think some of the Polka Maniacs and Cushaholics went out there and took some for decorations. Some people do memorials. <laughs> um, I, I know one of our biggest listeners, he, uh, he made a tire swing for his children. That was very nice. And he carved Jansen into the tree. <laughs> He just carved a heart and wrote Jansen in the middle of it. Uh, the tires are gone in New Orleans East. They took, there were thousands of them. <laughs> you can see like the aerial shots. It's absurd. But luckily the city went in and they got all 10,000 tires 
And you know what they did? They took them and dumped them in the ocean. <laughs> Killed all the manatees. Well, they were reporting, and I guess this was a big reason why that they were finally removed, not just because there's thousands of tires in the sure. middle of a thoroughfare, uh, but there were they were collecting water and mosquitoes were breeding in it. Oh, my uh, God. You know, those West Nile <laughs> yes. encephalitis, Zika virus <laughs> Zika, mosquitoes. Yeah. Now, this could be, you know, LaToya just got back in office. She's been addressing the crime. The mosquitoes could have been her way of killing everybody, and then there's no more crime. <laughs> if everybody's dead from Zika virus... <laughs> who's going to be criming? It's the chemotherapy version of what we're trying to do to New Orleans. Yeah, it's like euthanasia. <laughs> she said, like, look, if you don't want to live here, get the fuck out. Yeah. Right? That's a direct quote from her acceptance speech. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you think there are problems here, you can leave. It's like, all right, sounds see ya. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I really do. I'm going to miss that tire pile, though. That was... Uh, just an amazing visual every time they'd show it of thousands of tires piled up on some street. It wasn't like it was like on the side of the road. Like it was in the middle of the street. Like, I don't know. Did anybody have to get between those? It's it's a two lane road next to the Eastover subdivision in New Orleans oh East. My God, It looks like a road that I mean, there's a little pathway in the middle, but there? not for like. Not for even a small car. It would have to be like bicycle. I, I just imagine everybody in New Orleans East walks around like the Hulk, uh, the the TV show Hulk. You know, when he's walking at the end and it's uh -huh. the sad music. Yeah, that's what I picture over there. <laughs> Dude, that is. I mean, it was kind of turning into our little Mount Mount Rushmore. You know, like yeah. a uh, just a thing that was going to naturally just draw visitors. Uh, you know, just a. Uh, a wonder of the world, really? Well, I, I've been reading about small businesses, and one of the biggest ones before COVID, the biggest moneymaker was a trampoline parks. Yeah? So what the city should have done is take all these tires, make like a trampoline park, name it the Polk and Kush Memorial <laughs> Trampoline man, Park. We really missed out. The city and humanity missed out. Oh, man. I do love a good trampoline park. I was at one on Sunday. What a time. Yeah? What a time. Did you tramp? I did. I felt every every jump. I was like, well, here comes the ACL injury. <laughs> they, they made me sign a waiver. The waiver had 12 different checkboxes on it. 12 i was like this is really intense i get it guys if i hurt myself or my kids die uh that i can't do anything to you i'm just let me sign at the bottom okay <laughs> just don't make me sign 12 different times oh my god yes very intense very uh what a disappointment that our tire pile is gone that is uh i'm sure it'll be back any day <laughs> yeah it'll be back i in give a few. it three weeks and there'll be like 20 tires there again they'll congregate i what are they doing with the tires on all of the stolen cars, the carjacked cars. That's true. Are they remaining on the vehicle? Are they going to chop shops? Are they just being driven into local arcades? <laughs> you see, that sea cave is cursed. Yeah. Somebody drove an SUV into the front of it after they reopened, after that guy smashed no, all the machines. No, I didn't see that. Some kids, oh, of no. course, stole an SUV. They were being chased down St. Claude. They crashed into the front of oh Sea Cave. Oh, my God. It's still fucked up. 
And Sea Cave is so bad off. They were like, okay, the benefit that we were having for the all the broken machines, now it's a benefit for the guy that got hit by a car. Holy shit. They can't even keep up with the benefits. They've got so <laughs> much horrible shit over there. Can you just edit the GoFundMe page? Or do they have to create a new one, you think? It was like a live event thing. <laughs> so, uh, we weren't invited to look speak up, Look up Sea Cave. Send them some money because they're... A lot of bad shit's been happening to them that lately. But a lot of bad shit has been happening uh, in the city in general. Uh, there were seven carjackings in 15 hours on Saturday, and most of those were in Uptown over yeah. like Tulane on Audubon. They all should have gone to the game. It was the safest place Uptown. <laughs> we're all It was like a hurricane shelter. <laughs> Everybody was at the game. It was, we were the safest possible place. The 600 of us who went to the Tulane basketball game were in an enclave in the middle of the war zone out there. What a goddamn joke. <laughs> it uh, The city is a war zone. From 2019 to 2021, homicides were up 80%. Carjackings are up 160%, and shootings are up 100%. There have been more carjackings than days in this current year. There's also, when you read those numbers, it's like, wow, that's a lot. There's never been a time where we're like, oh, New Orleans is pretty safe. Yeah. <laughs> so they're already really bad. <laughs> You're like not starting at zero carjackings. No, it wasn't like, oh, we were in this little you know, paradise area, and now all of a sudden things are bad. Like, no, no, no. They've been bad. Not, not at one point in 2019 was I like, I think New Orleans is doing pretty well yeah. on grime. I think, I think if we doubled this, it would still be pretty tolerable. Uh, no, it's always been a crime-ridden cesspool, and now it's just three times worse, and no one is doing anything about it. Uh, there is a lot of finger-pointing going on. Yes, uh, Helena Moreno is tweeting, and uh, yeah, Latoya's- that'll fix it. Latoya's throwing in stuff during the MLK speech uh, on Monday. Is anything actually getting done? People are on next door saying, bring in the National Guard, bring in the Army. Yeah. Can they do that? What does that do? I don't know who who decides that. <laughs> I don't know. Like It's like declaring bankruptcy. You know? You're like, I declare <laughs> National Guard. Yeah. Bring them on. Like, I don't think they just come for free, right? You probably I, have to go through a process. I don't know if there's like a number, like 912. <laughs> Can we call the economic czar in charge of the infrastructure? Is that technically Mitch Landers' department? I hope not. Can he be the National Guard guy? Maybe he can talk to Cedric Richmond and Joe Biden for us, and they can just send in soldiers. It is very clear that the NOPD is completely helpless in this per- in this circumstance. No one gives a shit about what's going on, uh, or they, they don't have the ability to really stop it under any circumstance. So I think some outside help is needed. I just don't know uh, what you know, who blows the conch shell and all of a sudden tanks are in the middle of our street. But I think at this point we'd all take it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what kind of jurisdiction the National Guard has, if they could pull people over it, or if it'll just be a looming, terrorizing <laughs> presence. Were you here right after Katrina? No. So right after Katrina, I think that was a National Guard. It was somebody with tanks, and it was <laughs> Black a Blackwater? It was a, yeah, it was, it was Dick Cheney's <laughs> Halliburton boots. Uh, I mean... It was like in the middle of Magazine Street. There was giant Humvees with guys with gun turrets on it. Like it was a wild thing. And like every there was a curfew at midnight. Like it was a whole and it lasted a while. Uh, 
I don't know if you want that, uh, but this is pretty bad. The fact that you can't, like, drive anywhere without legitimately thinking that someone's going to put a gun in your face. And this isn't for a day. This has been going on for weeks now. Right. And no one is getting caught. No one. Uh, no, they are not. Um, the the most recently there was footage of somebody who was outside of a bar on St. Claude. I think they were outside of like the Phoenix or something like that. And they looked at their phone for five seconds and then two guys jump in, chase them down the street. A yeah. gunshot goes off. He didn't get his car stolen because he like kept the keys. Yeah. And the only thing, and I'm reading this in like New Orleans Reddit, the people that do not get their vehicle stolen have either uh, standard transmission cars Uh uh because these are 14-year-olds. They can barely drive an automatic. Yes. Or they have like one of those fancy key fobs where it doesn't work when it's far away from the car. Yes. And since these people are running miles away from the scene of the crime, these people don't know what to do with the cars. So trade in your car, get a manual... I don't know. Everyone the club. Needs Can you? How do you drive with the club on your car? Every time you stop at a stop sign, you put the club and lock it, and then unlock it. The red light up. Oh, put the club on. <laughs> Demolition man. He just had to. You know, the, the car just the if, steering wheel turns inside out. Yeah. If we have tanks in the street, though, it's. They're going to have to be painted for Mardi Gras. Yeah, exactly. We can let them ride in the parade. I mean, what is going to happen at Mardi Gras? I feel like something bad's going to happen. I mean, you it know, happens fairly often. There's bad things happening. The, the this last year Mardi Gras, several people got run over and killed. Yeah. There's always a lot of unreported shootings uh, around like St. Charles and Jackson. I know that because I live there. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have to, I'd be like, oh, somebody's been shot in front of KFC. Yeah. It's like, all right, well. Get him out of the way. Yeah. We got to, <laughs> the band's got to go through. Uh, yeah, dude. It, there, it, it is, feels a little bleak right now. I, I don't enjoy every single day I look and I look at my phone at some point in the morning and I've got texts of like six different people sending me a link to something that says seven people carjacked, nine people carjacked, six people shot. There was like two people just murdered on I-10 in New Orleans East today. Yeah, there were uh, there were two traffic alerts. Usually traffic alerts are, you know, related to driving. Uh, one of them was at uh, St. Claude and Franklin. Somebody had been shot, and yeah. they were diverting traffic around that. And then this was at, I don't know, probably down Monroe. Yeah, I think it was think Crowder. It, yeah. Yeah. Take your fucking pick. <laughs> There's like four exits. Yeah. I, I can promise you, you know. Yeah, sorry, Faubourg Brewery. Yeah, exactly. But- <laughs> Uh, and it, it's just, it's really bad. We, yeah, obviously we take it seriously, but you know, you got to laugh about it at some point cause we're all still here. So we're obviously gluttons for punishment in some kind of way. Uh, I right now it's, it, it feels like all the leadership, uh, is incompetent to begin with. And now they're at least recognizing that they can't just like ignore it. Uh, so what they've decided to do instead of taking responsibility and fixing it, they are just going to blame each other. The NOPD is blaming the DA's office. Jason Williams, the DA, he hasn't like you know done anything essentially since he got in office uh, to do anything about this. And he's blaming the cops. The cops uh, don't know what they're doing. The city is kind of siding on the cop side. I guess they're more under more of their jurisdiction. Nobody has any 
plans. Nobody's come up with an actual solution. They literally are just blaming everyone else for the problem when it's clearly all of their fault. Like, no one wouldn't blame any of the, like, it's the city council's fault, it's the mayor's fault, it's the police's fault, it's the DA's fault. It's all their faults. Nobody thinks it's any less or any more of anybody's fault than theirs. And all they're doing is pointing at each other as if we give a shit. Do you think Sidney Torres is building the Batmobile? <laughs> That's, I mean, is the exact Gotham moment for Sidney Torres to come through here. I, I, I was thinking about the, the Gotham Batman parallel. Last week, four kids escaped from a juvenile holding facility. Mm-hmm. What did they do? They immediately carjacked somebody uh-huh. and drove off. Yes. Uh, the children were found at various days throughout the week. There was like at least one armed standoff. Mm-hmm. Another one turned themselves in today. At this juvenile facility, there are 47 employees. That's about half of what they normally have. Oh, and boy. there are between 38 and 40 kids in there right now. Jesus. Well, I guess less. F- minus four. <laughs> Whatever they're supposed to 36. have. 36. Minus four, yes. That's basically, if every kid just fought one person there, I'm sure one of those is like a janitor. They're mm, not sure. all armed security yeah. guards. <laughs> Some of if, them are probably criminals themselves. <laughs> if every kid was, cahoots. was just like, just just find one guy and fight him, they could take over the prison like Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's a bold strategy. I think it would work. <sighs> is it going to happen? Yes, I'm wait- it will. <laughs> Who is going to step up? I think if we go outside and we see like the bat signal with a big twerking ass, <laughs> we're going to know that Big Frida is the hero that we need. When you see the guy come out of the bat, the vigilante justice man with tight jeans and a cigarette <laughs> and Kid Rock playing in the background. Who, me? That's when, that's when we know Sydney has decided <laughs> to take over. Oh, I thought it was me. I thought it was you. Yeah, that would work too. Uh, yeah, man, there's really no solution here. I am uh, incredibly, incredibly disappointed. As, as much, as little as I think about these politicians to begin with, I'm actually even disappointed at how they're reacting to it. I think the police chief blamed Grand Theft Auto at some point. That video game came out like 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, they've made more of them, obviously, but people have been playing this game for 20 years. That is not the reason that this has spiked 200% in the last two months. It's because of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Like, guys... Wake up. If the video games train them to do these things, they would also know how to fly a plane. Yes, exactly. They could they could definitely drive a standard, standard transmission. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing cruising USA. They'd right? probably be a better aim. They would only shoot their targets. So the video games are not teaching these kids how to do anything. Oh, it's so dispiriting and frustrating and everything in between. I just wish they would stop blaming each other. They'd all get on a stage together and be like, hey, we screwed up. Our new plan <laughs> is we don't have a plan. 
please just bring the tanks into the street here and will everyone just take these kids and do something to scare them straight. Remember that old MTV show? They would like bring guys to prison. Oh, yeah. Talk about how like when you're here, you're going to have to eat some man's ass. And everybody would be like, all right, I'm not going to steal the next car. Like, is anyone doing that anymore? I feel like we haven't gotten the Mr. Toss Salad Man as Chris Rock so famously spoke about. I don't. Everybody's gay now. Maybe that's why they're, they're like, that sounds great. I'll go to jail. Uh, so, it's a big circle. <laughs> I think we've come up with our solution. I if we pray the gay away, we will also <laughs> get the get the carjacking under control. Uh, yeah, there's no Stay solutions. safe out there, guys. Buy yeah. an Iron Man suit. Stay the at club. home. Yeah. Yes, buy the club. The next episode, sponsored by the club. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, that takes us in. <laughs> Let's get into something more uplifting. It's called The Worst. The Worst. Send them in, polkandkush at gmail.com. We appreciate when you do. This one was sent in. It comes from businessinsider.com. Capital Riders called Nancy Pelosi's office looking for a lost and found for items they left behind on January 6th. <laughs> isn't that great that's so good you call in nancy pelosi's office you get her secretary or whatever somebody answers that's oh, weird man. i guess you can just call these people and somebody will answer sure uh, they represent people supposedly yeah, and you're like hey uh, nancy uh no um <laughs> quick cue uh did you guys happen to find a subway punch card <laughs> with eight out of ten sandwiches punched. Did you see a pair of brass knuckles with E pluribus unum uh, <laughs> attached to it with a skull and crossbones? Uh, yeah, that's incredible. The yeah. lost and found they were looking for? That would be... There's no way that they have a lost and found. That, <laughs> if they do, I bet that you're like, don't tread on me, colostomy bag. <laughs> it's not going to be in there. It says, as crews cleaned up the U.S. Capitol on January 7th, <coughs> the phone lines started to ring. Riders were calling, asking whether there was a lost or found because they forgot their phone there or <laughs> left their purse or what have you, Representative Jamie Raskin said. Police officers swiftly took down information from the callers. I bet they did. Uh-huh. The officers quickly got on the phone and said, yeah, just give us your name your address, and your social, and we'll tie up the loose ends. But what's so fascinating to me about that, there were really people who felt as if they'd been summoned to Washington by the president. Okay. Pelosi's office was overtaken by rioters as her staff hid in the conference room, blah, 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 blah. This just explains January 6th. We were there. We remember. We 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 all watched (laughs) C-SPAN. Yeah, we we have an idea. (laughs) Our Uncle Gary was there. (laughs) He left his Confederate flag. What if they had the box? This could be like one of those you want a free boat scams yeah. that they would do to get criminals. And they're like, hey, you know what? I do have a lost and found box. Don't have time to go through it. Why don't you just come check it out? Definitely. And then you get there and you're like, I need to find my Hall and Oates cassette tape. And then they get arrested immediately. 
Because that's what I would storm that's... the Capitol listening to, man eater. Or <laughs> my Walkman opened up while I was climbing the steps. When I was trying to stab Nancy Pelosi with the flag. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and that's just incredible. They were calling, being like, "Oh man, I forgot my purse. Maybe it's on uh, Senator Orrin Hatch's desk <laughs> that I took a dump on." You know? <laughs> hey, can you check under uh, AOC's desk? Is she there? I left a couple of rat traps, <laughs> but inside one of them is my honey baked ham gift card. <laughs> I can't find my insulin. I'm hoping I <laughs> dropped it when I was uh, stealing your mail, Senator. Uh, just the balls you have to have to call is yeah. beyond anything I can imagine. Hey, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, this is uh, Steve <laughs> Rouse's, the owner of Rouse's. Do you, do you have a dog shit king cake underneath <laughs> your desk that I could get? Hey, do you have any uh, brown, like browned meat uh, that doesn't say it's expired but clearly is <laughs> or i got corn on the cob from rouse's once and when i shucked it it was like full of bugs oh god they have the worst fucking produce <laughs> it's, it is uh you'd think they'd be friends of the farmers <laughs> they're clearly not dude i Everything about January 6th makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, I honestly think it's one of the funniest. Now, other than the cops getting murdered, that was terrible. Uh, other than that, I think it's the funniest event in the history of America because it is at one time, you, you can look at it from so many different perspectives, and each of them look ridiculous when you take, like, two steps back because the people who were protesting were taking themselves very seriously, right? But they also don't want to be seen as people who are insurrectionists. So they're like, well, we really didn't do anything over there. It's like, yeah, you might not have been that serious because you went in there and just took selfies and walked around and left <laughs> your purse on the ground. Like, you carried a purse into there. It's not exactly, you know, uh, a, a medieval war that was occurring no. inside of the building. You took an umbrella to the battlefield. Exactly. And meanwhile, like, you've got people on the left who are acting as if it was literally like an up like the type of event that like they're having moments of silence and not just for the dead cops like for the 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 irreparable damage to the republic i'm like it's a bunch of nerds who <laughs> went into the building and just looked and took pictures like this is outrageous like both sides don't understand how hilarious the entire event really was this was a civil war reenactment that went on a field trip <laughs> exactly. It's a very good way to put it. <laughs> and so every single thing that comes out of it that's more newsworthy and one side is hand-wringing and the other side's like kind of quietly trying to defend themselves. And I'm like, you're both absolutely hilarious. Like, if you really thought that what you were doing was productive in terms of going to the Capitol that day and actually going in the building, you are one of the biggest morons on planet Earth. And if you think that that was like the darkest day in American history, like worse than September 11th, you are also a complete fucking moron. <laughs> like, there is no... I'm sorry. Like, I know there are probably people who really, like, think back to that day and, like, can't handle the idea that... Like, we, we literally, we just let the the goobers on reddit <laughs> walk into the capital and and this is what we knew they were going to do they didn't do anything 
I think they they've arrested a ton of people that were there. People that were faces were on camera, and you know, were doing whatever. I think they should have just uh, let everybody go except the guy dressed up like a <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> And killed him on live TV and been like, let this be a lesson. You think he called? I left the buffalo hat. Hey, one of my horns fell off. So did they give people their stuff back? No. They they only use that information to arrest them. They're going to put it in a time capsule. (laughs) Bury it under Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's going to be buried under the only Waffle House in Washington, D.C., Go open this in 50 years and it's just the lost and found from the <laughs> capital riots. Oh, mama. Oh, baby. We appreciate you listening. This is Polk and Kush. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, rate us, like us, subscribe us, tell a friend. It always helps out so much. Thank you so much to Ale on Oak and Jansen Batagnet, French Quarter Realty. I am Andrew Polk. That is Scott Kushner. Find him on Twitter at Scott D, as in delightful Kushner. Find us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. We appreciate you. See you next time. See ya!